3: ancestor by number one new york times best-selling novelist scott sigler is available for free on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
4: shadows at the door is a podcast designed to scare and delight you it's intended for an adult audience and content warnings are available in the show notes found yourself looking back, wondering what could have been if only a different path had been taken. Lindsay Mays thought a lot about that lately, and tonight, she'll face reality.
5: wielding a knife? Covered in blood?
0: No, just the bloody forest trying to fuck me over. So much for making a good impression. All that time on my hair and now it looks like a bird's nest. It's a sign.
5: You should get the hell out of there before you get murdered and end up splashed across the front page of the Daily Mail.
0: No, it's a sign I should be paying attention and get off the damn phone. And there's no way I'd make a front page. Footnote on page 18, tops.
5: Don't you dare hang up. The only reason I agreed to any of this was if you stayed on with me. If you hang up, I'm calling the police. So tell me about this weirdo you're risking your life for. He's hot, right?
0: Yeah, pretty hot. Back then, anyway.
5: Hmm. Aged poorly, did he?
0: No idea. I haven't seen him in almost 20 years. I always meant to come back, even after Dad moved away. Never did.
5: Right. You haven't seen him in person, maybe, but what does the all-knowing Internet say? Or does he only post old snaps? That's a bad sign, you know.
0: He doesn't post any at all. His profile is just that blank avatar thing. And even that's recent. His account was only created a few days ago. Oh, Shh. You know, if I had the use of my phone's torch.
5: No photos at all. How the hell do you know it's really him? This is a setup, has to be. Get out of there, now! It's him. Well, now I gotta know. How are you so sure?
0: Because he wanted to meet here. On this night, to go ghost hunting. It was our thing back then. We were obsessed with this place. You mean
5: it's really haunted?
0: (laughs) I doubt it. We just wanted it to be. Made for a lot of chances for jumping into his arms.
5: I assume that's the plan for tonight too.
0: Not likely. I'm not 19 anymore. He was never interested enough to actually be in a relationship. Just a quick shag when he was in the mood. Bit of a tosser, really.
5: Ah, so that's the plan, then.
0: (laughs) Not mine. Like I said, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't follow my libido wherever it points.
5: (sighs) More's the pity. So why are you meeting him? Uh,
0: Maybe just a feel.
5: Shit, that's the kids. I've got to check on them. No
0: worries. I told you I don't need a mum.
5: No, just hang on a bit. I'll I'll, I'll be right back.
0: (laughs) Go on, Val. I'm already here, anyway. I'll be fine. (sighs) Shit. What the hell was that? Is he? What the fuck am I doing here? Why did I think this would be any different than it was back then? Oh, you bloody fool! Never did learn. God. Oh, what's the matter, Lindsay? Thought you were too mature to get your hopes up like this. Thought you were too old to act like a lovesick teenager. Just go home already, you idiot. He's had his fun. Proved you're just as easy to work over as you ever were. (laughs) Come on. You're not really doing this to me again, are you? (sighs) What do you expect, loser? No one wants to be around someone like you. Let's get home and hope no one saw you. Make up something good for Val, though.
3: (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Fuck! Lindsay? Is that you? Hey there, you. What took you so long?
0: Kevin, What are you doing over here? I thought we were meeting by the cemetery.
3: I don't go there anymore.
0: Oh, it's just that's always where we
3: used to... I remember. I remember everything about back then.
0: <laughs> I guess I missed the memo. I was starting to think you weren't coming.
3: Idiot. You think I'd miss an opportunity to see you again? That's all I've been thinking about. I almost can't believe you came back here. For me.
2: (laughs) Well,
0: anyway, we're both here now.
3: I've missed you, Lindsay. You look beautiful, you know.
0: Thanks. You look good too. Um. so, what have you been up to? It's been ages. Did you ever move on from this place? Move to London and make it big?
3: No. Never got the chance.
0: Of course not. No one really does, do they? Just a thing every teenager dreams of when they're young and stupid.
3: Dreaming isn't stupid.
0: No, no, no of course not. That's not what I... Um, anyway, it's good that you're here. So what do you do now?
3: I do a little of this, a little of that. Nothing important. Certainly nothing as impressive as you. Hometown girl makes good, eh? Our very own world-renowned architect. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, it's not as grand as all that. I'm more of an assistant than anything Burned out before I could get my masters
3: Come on then That's just you being modest Never could get you to brag about yourself, remember? Could hardly get you to talk People used to call you the Ice Queen Said you were unattainable I knew better From the first time I saw you I knew you weren't made of ice Just protective You'd been hurt before And you didn't want to be again Uh. I knew when I met you i never let you get hurt again.
0: <clears throat> uh, I've got a thicker skin these days.
3: You did get hurt again, didn't you? Who do I need to go find?
0: Uh, uh, no, nah, nah, no one in particular. And I'm not hurt, I promise. Anyway, what about you? Broken every heart in a 50-mile radius, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> I never was that kind of man, you know. It was a facade.
0: Uh-huh. You're telling me you haven't dated over the last two decades?
3: No, I won't claim that. I have. And my heart broken too, if that makes you feel any better.
0: Why would that make me feel better?
3: Sometimes I got the feeling back then...
0: Got what feeling?
3: I got the feeling you might have held a grudge. Because of how we left things.
0: Please, a grudge? For what? <laughs> we were kids. I had plenty to keep me busy. Anyway, we didn't owe each other anything. It was always casual.
3: It was never casual for me. Not with you.
0: Oh. You ever get married? Oh, for fuck's sake.
3: <laughs> never. Uh, you?
0: Nope. Never did.
3: What, did every man in the world lose their collective minds?
0: Uh, uh no. I don't guess. Just... Never happened. Why didn't you?
3: Because no one ever lived up to you. Oh. And now you're here. So, what do you say we go ghost hunting?
0: Should we be walking on the tracks like this? What if a train comes?
3: What if it does? Wouldn't be the first time, would it? Remember being out here in the summer, all that overgrowth. It's like we were alone, no one else in the world. It blotted out the stars sometimes, and we'd lie there and fantasize we were on our own planet. No angry parents, no disappointed teachers, no confusion like in the times between. When we were here, it it was always the right place, and we were always right. No matter what anyone else said once we got back to the real world.
0: Angry parents Your mum didn't like you coming here
3: She didn't like much I did Neither did your dad did he Thought I was trouble
0: <laughs> You're telling me you weren't trouble
3: <laughs> I was always a good kind of trouble Wasn't I Remember the bridge The one on upper ways How we used to go lay in the middle <gasps> Dare each Jesus. other to stay as long as we could
0: I'd almost forgotten that You scared the hell out of me more than once
3: <sighs> Come on then We never got hurt did we
0: uh, I guess not I don't run as fast as I used to, though. For <laughs> fuck's sake, Lindsay. Me
3: neither. But if it makes you feel any better, these tracks aren't used anymore.
0: Oh, no, really? Does that mean everything's fallen to ruin?
3: A lot of it, yeah. Come on. No one much comes out here. do no want to see it, no point in keeping it up.
0: What about the honeysuckle grove? The one where... I remember.
3: Last time I was here, I couldn't even find it. That make you sad?
0: A little... I suppose it makes sense, trains rarely ran on up back then either. Some places, you think they'll always be there, just as they were. Ooh.
3: Watch this bit here, can't tell you how many times I've fallen in this spot. Lucky it's not summer, snakes love it. S- snakes? Yeah, definitely seen a few. Came close to stepping on a big one once, thing reared up and I swear it was almost in my face. Of course, that might just be adrenaline speaking.
0: I wish you'd told me before. I hate
3: snakes. But then you wouldn't have come. Anyway, I told you, that's summertime. They're not out here now, they'd freeze to death. Come on, it's still a bit further.
0: Everything looks so... ...different. God, why does that make me so sad?
3: I know what you mean. It's not even the place itself, really. It's the way you felt when you were there. It's wanting to find that person again. The one you used to be before. I guess. You're telling me you don't feel that way?
0: Yeah, sometimes, sure. bit of the grass is always greener conundrum, isn't it? I
3: don't see much green on this side, do you? Must not have much on your of perspective, that.
0: perspective, I suppose.
3: Perspective, I mean. Here, take my hand. Then we won't lose each other.
0: Oh, um... Thank you.
3: There. That's better. I'm planning on losing track of you again.
0: You'd best not. At this point, I doubt I could find my way back. So, have you been back here since? Ghost hunting?
3: Yes, loads of times.
0: Why was that?
3: I was looking for something.
0: Effective first date spot, eh? Quiet! What is it?
3: Don't move.
0: You're scaring me.
3: Scared me, too. Here, feel my arm.
0: Good to know it's not just me, then. What did you think you saw?
3: I didn't just think it. I saw it. I saw her. You saw her? And don't ask me her who. You know who I mean. You
0: saw her? Bloody Betty? She's really out here?
3: Yes. She's always here on Devil's Night.
0: You've seen her before?
3: Many times. The important thing is making sure she doesn't see you.
0: How the hell do we do that? If you saw her, she was close enough to see you. Are we safe here?
3: Believe me, if she'd seen us, we'd know. Here, come with me. There's better cover up this way. Things have been allowed to grow wild.
0: can't see a thing.
3: Don't worry. I know this place too well to get lost. We'll be back on the main track soon. Uh, I don't think she's following us.
0: Sure as hell, I hope not. I don't remember that part of the legend. A bit about her seeing you. What happens if she does?
3: Legends leave a lot of truth out for the sake of a story. And for those who learned the truth, it always came too late. If Betty sees you, she'll be the last one that does. Not making it off these tracks.
0: Tell me you hear that.
3: Of course I do. That's why we have to keep moving.
0: I'd like to go back now are killing me, we've been walking for ages whatever the hell that is it's
3: Bessie alright, there's no whatever about it
0: doesn't matter either way we've gone too far, we need to go back
3: <laughs> you've got nothing to worry about just stay close to me you know I'll keep you safe like always
0: <sighs> like always not the best track record is it
3: what's that supposed to mean
0: <sighs> you know what, doesn't matter why would you say that? About bloody Betty? All that legend stuff, like she's actually going to kill me or whatever. Are you trying to frighten me?
3: Frighten you? I I told you what I saw, that's all. Don't you believe me?
0: Uh, It's not that. It's just, if ghosts really exist, I don't think they can hurt you. I think you added that bit to scare me.
3: Maybe I just want an excuse to put my arms around you.
0: Maybe you should quit messing about and actually say what you want instead of just hoping I'll read your mind. I'm not a fucking kid anymore. You're
3: right. I'm sorry. I'm rusty at this. No, that's bollocks. You know what it really is? What? It's you. Uh,
0: It's my fault you have the social skills of an adolescent. Out.
3: Straight for the throat, eh? No, I don't mean it's your fault. I just mean this is how I feel around you. Like a stupid kid afraid to say the wrong thing. You intimidate me.
2: Me?
0: That's ridiculous. You were always the one with 20 girlfriends at any given time. You absolute bloody
3: kid. But none of them were like you.
0: (laughs) You mean unpopular? Easy?
3: No. Beautiful. Stunning, really. Smart, too. And funny. Funny. And a genuinely good person. And much of that going around. So, yeah, you intimidated me.
0: I find that hard to believe.
3: <laughs> You're doing it right now.
0: And how am I doing that?
3: By being you. Come here. Because you've only gotten better. Everyone else got old, boring, unattractive. Is this still the spot that makes you melt? This bit here. Right behind your ear.
0: God, you always could find the right places.
3: <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw your profile picture. Thought you must have used an old one. No way you could be even more gorgeous than back then. Yet here you are. Defying the forces of gravity in time. So, can you blame a guy for being nervous? Uh,
0: when you put it like what? that... We'd better stop
3: Why? Like you said You're not a kid anymore You won't get into trouble with your dad I'm not a kid anymore either
0: No, but that doesn't mean we can't get done for public indecency (laughs)
3: Did you see any police out here? We're completely alone Come on Lie down with me.
0: Uh, lie down where? You've got a mattress in your back pocket.
3: <laughs> we never used to need a bed, remember? Nature was our mattress.
0: <laughs> what a line.
3: It's not a line. It's true, remember? There were nights we lie on the riverbank smelling the honeysuckle, listening to the water and watching the stars. Nights we made a bed in the woods out of pine needles.
0: Uh, I don't see pine needles or a river bank, And the honeysuckle is gone, isn't it?
3: We've got everything we need, right here.
0: The tracks? You expect me to fuck on train tracks?
3: Don't call it that, Lindsay. It's not just a fuck. It was never just a fuck. Not with you.
0: Fine. Call it what you want. I'm not getting splinters in my ass.
3: Here, come down with me and just feel.
0: Uh, no thanks. I've felt plenty of those in my time.
3: <laughs> not me. The tracks. I'm not asking you to strip. Just put your hand here on the tracks. Feel what I feel.
0: It's cold. What am I supposed to be feeling?
3: Don't you feel that thrum? That lifeblood down the rail? It's pure magic.
0: Oh, uh, ah! Uh, Gavin, get off there now. If there's vibration down the line, that means there's a bloody train. I
3: told you. Nothing runs on these tracks anymore.
0: I know what you told me, but what if you're wrong?
3: Do you hear a train, Lindsay? See one rushing at us?
0: No, but that just makes it scarier. We can feel it, but not see or hear it. So what are the chances we get flattened without enough warning to move? It's just a dumb idea.
3: There. Happy?
0: Well, at least I don't have to worry about you becoming a bloody pancake.
3: It's not how it happens, you know.
0: Not how what happens?
3: Death on the tracks. Bodies don't just get flattened like some cartoon.
0: I know that. I just They fly
3: apart. 100,000 kilograms of screaming locomotive running at almost 100 miles an hour. The human body can't withstand that kind of impact. Limbs go flying. Heads bounce down the line. You're lucky to find most of the pieces.
0: That's awful. Have you... seen it happen?
3: Not exactly. My back was turned... But I heard it. I was so close. Sometimes I even think I could feel it.
0: God, Kevin, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Was it someone you knew well?
3: Not as well as I'd have liked. Shh. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's her. It's bloody Betty.
0: Down, I can't keep up like this. I can't see anything.
3: We'll slow down when it's safe. Come on, keep moving.
0: Why are we going this way? The car park's back there, isn't it? So is she. I don't understand how you know that. I haven't seen her at all. Maybe she's up ahead. Either way, I want to get back to civilization, not further away.
3: Not enough that I saw her.
0: That's not what I meant. I just. Can't you understand how creepy this is for me? Out in the woods with a strange bloke running from spectres I can't see?
3: (laughs) Strange bloke? We've known each other for decades.
0: No, we knew each other decades ago. It's not the same thing.
3: That's not how I see it. I know you, Lindsay. Maybe even better than you know yourself.
0: I really hate it when people say that shit. It's a good indicator they're about to hit you with what they want while claiming it's for your own
3: good. (laughs) I can tell you haven't had the best relationship experiences.
0: Or maybe I really do know myself better than you.
3: Fine. Maybe you do. But I still know you better than anyone else.
0: Right. Look, I'm going back now. You can keep going if you like, but I've had enough.
3: Lindsay, please don't go. It's not safe.
0: (sighs) It's not safe here either. I'll take my chances with Ben. Lindsay, no! Hey, what are you doing? Let go of my arm, Gavin.
3: Fine. It's not just Betty I'm concerned about, Lindsay.
0: Same here.
3: I don't mean me. They never do. It's you.
0: So now you're telling me I'm the threat? Fine with me. I'll piss off back home and keep us both out of danger. That's
3: what I'm worried about. I don't think you're a danger to me. But I know you're a danger to yourself.
0: What the hell is that supposed to mean?
3: You know what it means. I'm afraid if you go back, not just home, but back to that life... I'm afraid you'll succeed this time. There won't be any more chances.
2: Fuck.
0: You don't know what the hell you're talking about.
3: But I do, Lindsay. I understand more than anyone else can. You don't think I've lost hope before? decided I can't bear the pain anymore, the exhaustion every day when you wake up knowing it won't get any better.
0: They're just feelings, okay? I can handle them.
3: I thought I could too. Didn't want to reach out to anyone, afraid I'd be a bother. Thought it made me look weak.
0: It doesn't make you weak to need help.
3: Sure, that's what you say. It's not what you did.
0: You don't know me, Gavin. I know you
3: enough. I know where your scars are, I know how close you came, how much it scared you when you almost made it.
0: You're right, it did scare me. Enough that I'd never try anything like it again. I don't want to die.
3: Maybe not, but you don't want to live either, Here.
0: How the hell do you know this stuff anyway? No one knows about that.
3: I know. You didn't even tell Vau. That's not the choice of someone who really wants to live.
0: How do you know her name? How do you know any of this? Have you been stalking me?
3: Absolutely not. But I've read between the lines. Uh,
0: you're talking about social media? Yes. But y- you don't... Know, I mean, you're not online, are you? I never found you.
3: Makes me happy you looked.
0: I, I wasn't... I, I didn't... It wasn't like that.
3: Doesn't matter what it was like. Nothing matters beyond the fact that you're not okay, and I can't sit by and watch you do something you won't come back from.
0: It's not a big deal. What happened back then? I wasn't thinking straight. And I was so stupid anyway. That's why I never told anyone. Can you imagine? With all the real troubles in the world, some spoiled wanker chopping herself because of a dog.
3: She was your dog. (laughs) You loved her, and she loved you. That was real. <laughs> Maybe more real than what most of us have with other people. And what you experienced was real pain. It doesn't matter why, Lindsay. No point comparing splinters. Doesn't make you hurt any less.
0: So this is why you reached out after all this time? <laughs> A pity-shag?
3: You bloody won't well know better. Because I care about you. I always have. And... I didn't want you to be alone. I know what it means to be alone. Come on. It's gonna be okay. I promise. try it, too. We're talking about you.
0: But you talked about being alone. Knowing those feelings. What happened, Gavin?
3: Did you know that's what happened to bloody Betty?
0: She she died on the tracks, didn't she?
3: Yes, she did.
0: But you're saying she did it herself, on purpose. I never heard that.
3: Well, you wouldn't, would you? Even after the worst has happened, even once someone's proved without doubt they were in trouble, people still don't want to talk about it. They want to sweep it under the rug and pretend it can't happen to them or anyone they love. Because it's a choice, right? We all have a choice, which conveniently means we're always to blame for anything that happens to us.
0: So how did you find out? About Betty, I mean.
3: I told you, I've been out here a long time. Seen her more than once. I became a bit of an expert.
0: But then... If that's what happened, why did you say she's dangerous? I always thought she'd been murdered by her husband. That's why she wanders, seeking revenge. But if that's not true, what happens if she sees you?
3: Then you go the same way. She's close. Come on, we don't have much time. Move!
0: Go! Is she back there? I can't see!
2: (sighs) Fuck!
3: Don't stop! Whatever you do, don't (laughs) stop! Keep going. We'll be safe soon. <laughs>
2: Nearly there. <laughs> 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 Let me go! go. go. go Don't look! Don't look! Don't fucking look! <laughs>
3: Just have to make it to the bridge, Linz. Hurry.
2: Get <laughs> <Kevin>. No, <laughs> oh,
3: no, you don't. You're not getting it that easy. You're safe now.
2: But she touched me. I felt her fingers in my hair, and they have scratched my sculptures back close to me. So cold. Was
3: I so know. Cold. Believe me, I know. But it's okay now. She may have touched you, but she didn't take you.
0: Enough to grab my hair. Then she saw me. She had to have. And you said if she sees you, then it's you.
3: I your... know I know what I said. But I told you we're safe. She can't get us here. Okay?
0: Why not? Why can't she?
3: See that down there?
0: <laughs> the embankment. You're telling me she can fucking fly, but not climb that. We did.
3: (sighs) Not that. Look lower, much lower. All the way down.
0: What, the river? No thanks, I'm not getting any closer.
3: You don't have to look, it's okay. And that's right, running water. She can't cross, so long as we stay here on this bridge. She can't touch
0: it. Ghosts, ghosts can't cross running water. I thought that was just the Headless Horseman.
3: <laughs> well, he's a ghost, isn't he?
0: <laughs> I suppose so. So none of them
2: can.
3: Some can get closer than others, but in general, no, they can't. Something to do with the type of energy they're made of, I think.
0: <sighs> oh. You really did become an expert, didn't
2: you?
3: Didn't have much of a choice. Anyway, it's a bloody good thing I did, isn't it? I promised I wouldn't let anything happen to you. Nothing you don't want, anyway.
0: Back to the nature's our mattress thing again, eh? No. (sighs) Oh, Jesus. She sounds so close.
3: Oh, she is. She scented her quarry. Not likely to give you up without a fight. But she can't have you. I won't let her.
0: Kevin... What happens when we have to leave the bridge?
3: We don't. We can't. You heard that scream. She's still out there.
0: I don't understand. We can't stay here forever. Setting aside anything else, I'm fucking freezing. How late is it anyway?
3: I'll keep you warm.
0: That's nice, but not feasible. I can't stay here on this bloody bridge forever.
3: Forever? I hope not. That'll be uncomfortable at the very least. We just need to wait till morning. Once the sun comes up, she loses her place on this plane. You'll be safe after oh. that.
0: That does make a bit more sense, I suppose. And that's only... Oh, shit. The phone won't turn on. I can't tell what time it is. Oh, come on. What the hell? The battery was fine. Uh,
3: sorry about that. This place isn't easy on technology. Is it cracked? No,
0: nothing like that. It's like it's dead or something. Bricked. Kav, can you check yours, please? I'd like to know how long we'll be out here. Don't keep one. What?
3: I prefer being off the grid.
0: You don't have a bloody phone.
3: Does wonders for your mental health. You ought to try it.
0: Off the grid? But you found me on social media. How does that qualify as off the grid? You
3: know why I did that. For you. To find you. Bring you back here. Where you belong. I'd never been on before that. I don't need constant feedback from strangers to feel good about myself. Don't tell me you didn't check out my profile. I won't believe you. You said before you'd looked for me, didn't you?
0: Fine. Of course I did. You looked at mine after all.
3: Then you know what I'm saying is true. I only created an account when I realised it was the only way to get in touch with you. Otherwise, (laughs) I'm a ghost. By modern standards, anyway.
0: Okay. How about a watch? We're one of those?
3: <laughs> uh, no. No, not that either. I don't care for constraints and limitations. Well,
0: fuck. It could be hours.
3: Let's see. Just in for cloud cover, i say we've only got another hour. Two at most. Better make the most of it, hey?
0: I don't understand how you can be so calm about all of this. Most people... Most
3: people wouldn't believe you if you told them what just happened. Is that what you prefer? Spending time with most people so you don't have to think too much?
0: No, but this is crazy. Isn't it?
3: Come on, rest your legs. You've got to be tired by now after all that running.
0: I am, as a matter of fact. Still not comfortable sitting in the middle of a railway track.
3: (laughs) After running from a ghost, you're still hung up about the tracks. We conquered this place a long time ago.
0: Come on, don't climb up there. It's not safe.
3: You could fall. I can't care about that now. This is what I was looking for. The feel of nothing between me and open space. Anything could happen.
0: Seriously, get down, please. If you get hurt, I won't have any way to call for help. (laughs) Bring it on! Get down, now.
2: Fuck. Kevin! Kevin! Get off me you arsehole.
0: Get off me I can't breathe
3: Always coming to my rescue
0: <clears throat> Gavin get off me You're too heavy in the tracks They're digging into my back uh. Better? Better than being crushed to death? Sure. Now get all the way off. I don't like you pinning my arms like that.
3: so beautiful. I could stay like this forever. Couldn't you?
0: Forever is a hell of a long time.
3: Don't I know it?
0: Mm. Hmm. Get off my back. Hmm. Did you feel that?
3: Of course I did. I can feel everything.
0: No, not that. On the tracks. Do you feel that vibration?
3: (laughs) I'm the one that showed you, remember? It's the lifeblood out here. It's the beating heart of all the tracks. All the other people we could have been.
0: And not having an existential crisis. I feel a fucking train coming. (sighs) Gavin, get off me now!
3: Can you remember, Linz, how things were back then? The excitement of the hunt. All those moments when our hearts beat so fast. When we thought we found Betty's rib bone, remember? And the other time, we were sure she was following us.
0: Please, get off now. Something's coming.
3: I know. Believe me, I know. I've been wanting to catch this train for a very long time.
0: What? What the hell are you talking about? You said these tracks were abandoned. That's
3: right. They are. Forgotten by most folks. Left to fall into ruin, or for lack of a little love. But I kept them alive. I kept Betty alive. Coming here after you left.
0: Kevin, please, we're going to die, just like you said. People fly apart, right? Do you want that to happen?
3: have been flying apart for years, ever since you left.
0: Since I left? Are you fucking kidding me? Ugh, you fucking ghosted me! You... I waited for two fucking hours and you never showed. Do you know how much of an asshole I felt like?
3: I know. I know, and I'm sorry. I've never regretted anything more in my life than leaving you there. I was scared. Can you understand that?
0: Yes, I bloody well can. I'm fucking terrified right now,
2: so get off!
0: I was
3: afraid of losing myself. Afraid if we took the next step, I'd be giving up my life. There were no half measures with you. There couldn't be. I regretted it as soon as it was done, but it was too late. I'd taken the wrong path. I think you know something about that, don't you, Lindsay?
2: Please, please, just move, please.
0: We can talk about this. We can figure it out, but not if we're fucking dead. There's nothing to
3: talk about. Isn't that beautiful? It's just making a choice, taking the path I should have back then. (laughs) <laughs> I'll become who I could have been all along. You can too. Do you understand? Do you know how rarely anyone gets a chance to do that? To go back and choose again. Get off, get off, get off, you
2: asshole! I
3: don't
0: want to go back. I don't want to be someone else or go back to that time. Do you understand that? No one can go back. It doesn't work that way. The only way
3: forward is the move. I know you better than you know yourself, remember? You're not happy, Lindsay. You almost died because of a fucking dog. Because you have no one else. And <coughs> better you're not. You weren't going to make it much longer on your own. <coughs> you know I'm right. So now you don't have to be on your own. We could <coughs> be together like we were <coughs> meant to Look, be.
0: That's not what I very well want.
3: Then what do you want, Lindsay <coughs> May? I
2: want to fucking live. Just... <coughs> <coughs>
6: I just spoke with the train driver. You gave him quite the fright, but he was relieved to know you're okay.
0: Did you find him? Gavin?
6: Not yet, Ms May. I... Do,
0: I don't understand. He, he was right there on the track. He should have been... There should be...
6: Maybe he rolled off in time.
0: Then where the hell is he?
6: Maybe he felt like a twat and ran off so he didn't have to face you. Bloody awful, what he did. I'd run too if I were him.
0: You don't understand. He was right there. He didn't have time to move. And even if he did, the bridge, there was nowhere to go. There should be...
2: Pieces, at least. (laughs) What?
6: Yeah, yeah, there will be pieces, love. (laughs) They might not be right there, though, and our people are walking the line, okay? Okay. What was that, love? (laughs) We might find something down the line. I don't know if that'll help you or not.
2: I I think it would. Just know. I don't understand what happened tonight.
6: I know, it's senseless, but people make choices sometimes and we can't do anything about it. You can't save people. You know that, don't
2: you? I know. I know. Sorry, I'm so, so sorry.
6: Right then, love. I think you've had enough of this. I'll have someone drive you home. Is there someone I can call?
2: I'll be fine. I don't need anyone.
6: We all need someone, Miss May, and after the night you've had, you shouldn't be alone.
0: I... I have a friend. Val. Her number's in my phone, so anyone can get it to work. She'll answer. She always does. Right.
6: Val. No problem. We'll give her a call for you. Don't let this take up residence in your head, okay? I mean it. You can go round and round on things like this, questioning what you could have done different, but it's not healthy. Take my advice. I've walked these tracks more times than I care to count. Poor Betty was just the first. Betty? That's right. She wasn't always just a legend. Started out flesh and blood like you and me. Ah, the details, the who and what of a person, they fade. And all you've got left is a ghost of who they used to be. That's all legends are, really. People who've been forgotten, till all that's known about them is the last thing they did in a moment of pain.
0: Yes. I suppose that's true.
6: You mark my words. Best thing to do is look ahead, not behind.
0: The only way out is through.
6: That's right. You need to remember that.
0: I'll remember. Always remember.
2: Promise.
6: I love the fact that when you say Kentucky, the, obviously the immediate thought is don't say it. Now go for it. Uh, the Kentucky Derby.
1: Mm, I thought you might be going for chicken.
6: Well, okay, but the second thought would be would be the chicken. But I've seen the entire alphabet of letter FC
4: for for various chicken shops in the UK. So yes, really. Welcome, listeners, to our deep dive on fast food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a creepy pasta. And of. Oh, we just lost a lot of listeners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're just hungry. They'll be right back.
4: Mm -hmm. David, please introduce our guest.
6: Ah, Friends, listeners, uh, dear people who have tuned into our show, you have been listening to Wrong Track uh, by the wonderful Laurel Hightower. Welcome to the show, Laurel.
1: Thank you, David. I'm very pleased to be here.
6: It's lovely to have you here, and uh, thank you ever so much for providing us with uh, with your writing. And uh, I suppose that it's our usual question to to start off with: uh, what made you? What What was the inspiration for this story?
1: Well, it was most, mostly Mark contacting me, and that was a good that, start. He is very inspiring, to be fair. Yes, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, but it was, it kind of just had to do when I was kind of pondering what, so what kind of story would fit into this format because I had not written audio before, but I had kind of had an idea in my head a little bit about nostalgia, um, you know, nostalgia for when you're younger, um, and, but, you know, on the flip side of that, um, I didn't have a whole lot of nostalgia for being younger because uh, it was not super fun Mm -hmm. to be, like, a lot younger. You know, I've I've been happier the older I've gotten. So Mm -hmm. sometimes when you, you know, go to a high school reunion or run into somebody and they have all this, like, oh, it was better than... I'm like, was it? It didn't feel better. So there's kind of this, like, you know attempt at nostalgia and you've got these sort of like these relationships where you know it really wasn't the right thing but you still feel a little bit of like that chemistry or you know a certain amount of nostalgia for that so it was that and kind of um there's a few different spots um close to where I live where there's train tracks and hung out at as a teenager Mm -hmm. um and then now that I'm a mom, like there, there's another one that's closer that I really like that I take my son to, but there's a very sort of mm, creepy atmosphere to both of them, Mm. really. So I kind of just wanted to kind of capture some of that and and what it would feel like to go back um, to that kind of time when you're just somebody totally different with a different point of view. But yeah, it was more um, along the lines of choosing the wrong track Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, feeling like uh, choices that you made early on didn't get you where you meant to go Mm. uh, but you're sort of you're stuck on that track because it's not like getting off on an exit you know you're kind of you're kind of stuck there on it um
2: Mm.
1: so yeah um there's a totally off like mild tangent on this but there's a song i really love um and i can't remember the name of it now but it's sort of an alt like kind of country one and she talks about um uh, she didn't climb the mountain because it seemed too far to go. So Mm. she started down the mountain. Um, and then now she's too old to, to climb back up basically. And I don't know, that really stuck with me because there were a lot of times when I was a lot younger. Um, I put myself through school, I had to work the whole time, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I didn't maybe go as far as I would have otherwise. Um, and so there were times that I thought, well, that's, you know, that was very much me. I'm like, yeah, I got to get my degree, but I don't want to get like a hard one because I'm already <laughs> kind of tired, you know, sort of thing. So it was a, you know, along those things, it's like, oh, well, why don't I just start down the mountain? That seems, you know, that seems a lot easier now. So it's, it speaks to me without, honestly, without a whole lot of regret either though. There's going to, you know, at the age of 41, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know though, at, at at some point I probably would have just broken trying to go to law school or something like that. And I don't know, there's it's a wrong track sort of thing as, as far too as perspective. Um, when you're in kind of maybe a, a bad mental place, like our main character is, um, it can seem a lot more dire. It can seem like the choices that you made were a lot more dire, uh, and ended up in a way that, you know, that you're not happy with, as opposed to when you've got a little more clarity of thought.
4: Yeah, absolutely. The, the ability to take a step back and kind of see things in context and, and not romanticizing the what could have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
6: It's surprising, though, that you say that you haven't done anything in audio before, because, uh, I mean, that sounded pretty good to me. And this and, and it's your first foray
1: into the medium. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, that, again, um, I'm not just saying it's because he's sitting there in the square above me, uh, but um, Marcus <laughs> really was extremely good and very, you know, and I immediately was like, I think you're the wrong person. I've never done this sort of medium. And he was like, well, you know, but I've walked people through it. I think I can, uh, you know, sort of guide you on how to do this. And he gave me a couple of scripts to read. And then just like the, I mean, it, I think just your initial instruction was like, well, you know, just remember whatever it is, it's got to be said essentially in either narration or dialogue or sound effects. So you can't have prose. And so I'd, um, I'd almost sort of started writing the story in my head. And then I was like, oh, okay, how do I get that there? And then just kind of with that mindset flip, um, it wasn't too terribly hard. And then, yeah, Mark gave me a lot of really great feedback and, um, really quick feedback. So we were able to, you know, not sit on it forever, um, and, and go back and forth there. And that was really helpful. And he was also very forgiving and kind about all my attempts to make it sound British and, and, uh, the things that I horribly misused. And he's like, you know, we don't actually say wanker quite as much as you Americans think we do. And I'm like, damn, cause I love to say wanker. All right, so
4: we're making that a Kentucky thing. Laura, it was just that opening line where she said pip pip tally ho. I thought it was a little (laughs) on the (laughs) nose. Go inside the queen. Bit late. The king. At At the time of writing it was a queen. We also I think at the time of writing it was two prime ministers ago.
1: Politics, let's launch into that. That will absolutely have no landmines in it at all. Yes. I, I can't
4: remember who I was speaking to the other day, but they asked me for my surname. I said and I said Nixon. And they went, Oh, like the president I went, yeah. And then I went, oh. And I just went, I think you'll find the standards for presidential bad behavior have slipped somewhat since then. It's true. He had the decency to resign.
1: Yeah, remember when everyone thought it was crazy that Bill Clinton like smoked pot? <laughs> Like that was <laughs> yeah. a big scandal. Well, I
4: mean, to be fair, he, he did do something else <laughs> worse. First, they no were mad about the pot, and the rest of it
1: was, you know, the whatever. Anyway,
2: yeah.
6: <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it was it was it was the other person that was doing the smoking on that score.
4: Power imbalance, though, David. Okay, yep. Nineteen-year-old intern guy with the most powerful job in the world. Don't get me started on Clinton, David.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's all relative, though. You Unemployment
4: know? was good. <laughs> I think it's just don't have heroes, don't respect anyone
1: Oh, (laughs) already there Bandit, that's it List of my heroes, (laughs) bandit, healer That's
4: it Unicorns, what's your favourite food? Children Okay, David, this is Bluey um, A beloved Australian cartoon About a family of blue healer dogs Right In Australia, and and all of their lovely times Playing together And (laughs) So (laughs) Dave, <laughs> listeners david physically just yawned that's
6: i have to be awake in eight hours
1: <laughs> so you don't want to hear charming charming tales of adorable sentient dogs
6: <laughs> so yes I, I am sitting comfortably mark do you tell me about bluey
4: <laughs> it's they're ridiculously good parents so you watch it sat on the couch with your kids and then you're watching these cartoon dogs be a much better father than you ever will. And then once you're done crying, you finally get to the episode where the parent dogs are hungover mm-hmm. and they're guilted into playing with their children, despite the fact they're hungover. You know,
1: they, they also kind of do half your parenting for you. Yeah. I really like how they manage to like cover pretty much anything that could come up. And so then when my kid like asked me the hard question, I'm like, well, do you remember on Bluey when this happened and they already covered this for me?
4: <laughs> okay,
1: let's go back and watch that episode again. <laughs>
4: But then, if you go on TikTok, David, people are like looking for the darkness of it. Like, I think I found a hidden message that Chili had a miscarriage. And, like, nah, man, it was just a balloon. Oh my God, I did an American voice in front of an American. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: That's okay. I already did the British voice in front of you. So, yeah, yeah. We still, we've
4: heard the British one. It's fine. To be fair, I think that was more uh, California.
1: Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. Thank
4: you. That was very generous. I appreciate that. <laughs> Wait till you hear my main accent. <laughs> so. Oh,
6: yeah, well, because you removed the uh, the drunk ghost stories from the um, from the main podcast feed, so people will never get to hear unless they subscribe to your Patreon.
1: Okay, now I know how to hear them. That's all right, because I kept, I kept hearing you guys reference, and I'm like, what is this drunk ghost stories? All right. Uh,
4: I think that's enough on Bluey, David. Really?
1: Really? Like, honestly, there's never enough on Bluey, but I will stop now.
4: I've already generated a trigger warning. I didn't intend to, so... <laughs> oh, God, wearing TARDIS earrings. Like, we, we couldn't help but notice.
1: Well, that's because they're gigantic. Yeah, my my husband got these for me a few years ago for Christmas, and he sort of like had them made, but he, he very mm-hmm. sheepishly Aww. gave them to me because he was like, I just, I didn't think they'd be this big. And... <laughs> so there's very few occasions where i can wear giant dangling tardis earrings but this is one of them i feel like they come across well on zoom and
4: thank you so much Uh, we're we're honored we we do appreciate that very much
1: i I am i'm a hoovian as well
4: well this is the most important question we have for you is who's your favorite doctor
1: okay so two answers to this one was that it was christopher eccleston for the longest time love eccleston I like mm-hmm. David Tennant. I was not happy with the switch over. I would have mm-hmm. rather stayed with Eccleston, but I, I didn't. I didn't hate Tennant. Uh, but then when Matt Smith took over, I was like, okay. I'm not saying that he necessarily supersedes Eccleston, mm-hmm. but I liked how much further we got to mm. go with him as a doctor. Okay, there. Good yeah, it's a very,
6: very good answer. Yes. But uh, I, I'm certainly uh, more of a Moffat fan. fan. Uh, but I'm still very much happier that mm-hmm. uh, ITD is coming back. Because uh, I didn't like Chris Chibnall's writing, and I've been quite open about that.
4: Mm. It's a it's a hot take, David. I know. It's, uh, yep. <laughs> you're very brave. Yeah. Yeah. Fine.
1: <laughs> you're about to get cancelled right after this. <laughs> right after
4: this hits. But you know, just speaking of horrible people, I uh, oh my god, this is. I, I, was about, <laughs> I was being interviewed by someone who I won't name now because I feel like I've just made a massive accusation to <laughs> him. Uh, it was a lovely <laughs> Twitch stream I was on, but the. Yes, um, but they were lovely and and, and perfectly nice people, um, but they were asking me why like, they were like oh interesting you going to adapt a H.P. Lovecraft story because he, he was very horrible and, and I went, yes he was, and and I agreed with all of their points, and the point is mm-hmm. is, is to adapt his stories in a way that will piss him off. But um, I said you know I think we're hypocritical mm-hmm. in you know in in the literary uh, world or even just as people who enjoy reading because. Um, we, it's very fashionable for us all to hate Lovecraft now, which is great. Totally fine. But we don't hate Poe. And Poe married his child. like He married uh, his 12-year-old cousin, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Gross, Poe.
4: Yeah, he was asking her to give love letters to a woman who we loved. And when she said no, she came back and he, and he just looked her up and down and went, hmm. Yeah. So, like, we don't give Poe shit we don't give Mr. James shit for uh, protesting women joining Cambridge, so we should give everyone shit. We should give Roald Dahl shit. Everyone except Laurel Hightower. And, uh, <laughs> and any writer who appears in Shadows of the Tower who has not done anything horrible. <laughs> have any done anything
1: horrible? I don't know.
4: I should check. So,
1: um, Oh, God. Yes, I have, but cool. you don't know about it yet, so that's fine. Later, when everyone finds out and you're connected with me via this, you will also, you're career will go down in flames so i am sorry about that but
4: okay i'm just going to record a bit that i will edit out we <laughs> dissociate ourselves from laurel hightower um we can't believe she did what she did
6: I, i'm sure the rumors are i i would like to say that i think the rumors are false
1: <laughs> i do i do wonder though with respect to that as far as like um you know because of course we have all this uh sort of rewriting literary stuff now with the estates and they're, you know, changing stuff and roll dolls and, and everything like that. Um, so I mean, quite a, quite a lot of our literary heroes were dickbags. Mm. I do wonder with Lovecraft, how much of it has to do with the fact that so much of it made its way into the literature, mm. you know, cause if you have, you mean, you have Poe being gross. Um, but I don't, and, and I, I'm not a Poe expert, so I don't know if he specifically ever wrote about, 12 year olds um etc uh but you have lovecraft uh weaving that in quite a bit it's very very present in there so i don't know if that's Mm. part of why and i'm not saying right or wrong i'm not a personal fan of lovecraft because i just Mm. i think at some point you have to name it uh that you know it just gets a little bit tiresome but i also know that's maybe generational sort of a thing although mark you're quite a bit younger so and you're you're a Lovecraft fan, right? You're more of an M.R. James, but not
4: really. Um, I actually have a a nice edition of Lovecraft, and I was reading it a while ago. I said, like, "Wow, he's actually a bit shit at times." I would I would say there are a, a couple of Lovecraft stories I enjoy. There are some I cannot read because they are either shit. Yeah, said it, <laughs> listeners. Um, or um, and or racist either barely beneath the surface or, as you say, more overtly. So, yeah, you know what, touche. You raise a good point. It's more present in his work than, than Poe. I think the classism and sexism is, is clear in, in James's. Um,
6: but uh, I would actually like to come back to um, talking about uh, writers and, and how we came to know them. Uh, you were telling me earlier about how you got to know Laurel Hightower and uh, fell in love with her work. Mm,
4: yeah, so I was writing a story and as I was, I was coming up with a story that was going to be very complex. And this story, David, will be our season finale. Ah. And as I was planning this story, Laurel released a book called Below. And I thought, I better read this just to make sure that I'm not doing the same fucking thing. And of course I'm not, because Laurel's a genius <laughs> and uh, there's no, no one can, can come close. So I read Below and I was like, shit, that was, that was, that was great. And then I read Crossroads. Actually, no, I listened to Crossroads. I got the audiobook of Crossroads. Oh,
1: Linda's amazing, isn't she?
4: Yeah, all the credit goes to Linda, doesn't it? Nothing that you did, so. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I am behind that 100%.
4: So I was driving in my car listening to Crossroads, uh, and I was like, like, oh, Jesus Christ, what is she doing? Not, she, not you, the protagonist. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, and then... <laughs> I'd read these two. I was like, "Shit, this is a good writer." And I thought, "Wait a minute, I have a show, and I have the audacity—I <laughs> have the audacity of a cis white male man." Um, and this whole season has been or, <laughs> the sheer like audacity of doing something. So I just, you know, and I kind of like had like a passing acquaintance with Laurel because of um, of a social media service that was fairly good and had less Nazis than it does now. <laughs> For the record, listeners, any amount of Nazis is the wrong amount of Nazis. But uh, it, you know, despite that, it was a good social media service, and I, I am pretty sure it was, uh, the main like the show would not have existed without it. So it's a shame it is. Anyway, um, enough of that. Mark,
6: Mark, zero is a number. It is not just uh, an idea. It is a number. So if you say any number
4: is is wrong, surely zero Nazis is better. How about minus hundred Nazis? If we're going to go there, David?
1: I'm trying to picture how this works like there's profiles of un-nazis or Nazis who've been decimated. Min- minus 100
4: I don't know.
6: is it it's an unnatural number uh, or it's not a natural number but then again zero isn't a natural number um, but it's still a number um okay anyway I'm not going to get us into an eight minute discussion about maths at this point so well um, Nazis All Nazis have at
4: it <laughs> <laughs> so- I felt like I could approach Laurel um because um Laurel seemed nice and approachable and uh, and and Gemma is not only a, a colleague but a friend and I was like hey Gemma do you think I should speak to Laurel she was like oh yeah Laurel's great she'll do a great british accent for you po- <laughs> mm-hmm. she literally that was like the second thing she said about you <laughs> She's like, go with a stick. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and and that was it. So, uh Laurel, uh, just uh, you know, to put professionalism aside, big fan. Uh thank you thank for what you, you write.
2: <laughs> thank you.
4: Um I I think you're a little messed up because of Crossroads <laughs> in
1: particular. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so, I definitely accept that.
4: <laughs> could could you give David uh, and our listeners a bit of a spoiler-free uh, synopsis of Crossroads mm-hmm. and possibly Below as well or
1: yeah, it'll be really bad because I'm terrible at summarizing things. So at some point just hold a hand up and say please stop.
4: <laughs> I could put some um, dramatic music behind it to elevate it and, and deepen okay. your voice a bit sound more dramatic, so we could do that.
1: You'll you'll still have to stop me at some point though, because I tend to okay. ramble.
4: Okay. Um, as, as
6: long as you it, start with in a world.
1: <laughs> in a world. <laughs> I can't I can't do it quite as well as Mark, so okay. um, Uh, So Crossroads is a story of a mother named Chris. Uh, She is in her 50s. She lost her only son um, a couple of years before. He was in his early 20s when he passed away, single car accident. Um, And basically since then, her life has been just sort of built around remembering him and sort of not looking directly at the fact that he's gone. Uh, So she daily visits his roadside cross where he died as opposed to his grave. Um, and one day she accidentally spills blood at the roadside cross and it sort of gives her an opportunity to see him again. Um, but unfortunately the stakes kind of keep raising as far as what she'll have to do to, to, con- to continue to see him um, if she wants to. So it gets pretty dark, it gets pretty gross. Um, and yeah, razors really, really do that.
4: Both yeah. the stakes and the reader's blood pressure rise. Right. I think
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's true story. I have yes yeah it, it is it is unbelievably depressing it's incredibly depressing I put it out uh in the middle of the pandemic um and I regularly talk people out of purchasing it <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a wonderful book Laura should
4: I read no no it's terrible please no, well
1: I do like I, I'm I like especially cons and stuff they're like what about this and I was like so listen <laughs> I don't need to know how you're feeling mentally right now, but I need you to be in touch with it for me because I want you to answer whether you feel like, the, because like to, I mean, I'm joking about it, but also there are times when it's the time to read something that's dark and there's the times when you don't need that
2: mm. um, kind
1: of thing. So mm. yeah, I, I have regularly, um, it, and honestly, I feel kind of good about that. I've had conversations with somebody where I didn't go too far into it, but I've been like, you know what, this, this is, and this handles this and someone will get this sort of far away look in their eyes and, and slowly put it back and say, what about this other one with Mothman on it? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) let's go in that direction. (laughs) Just
4: to quickly add, though, uh, to to Crossroads, like the... the I mainly listen to audiobooks when I'm either doing the dishes, so therefore I have wet hands and can't touch my phone screen, or I'm driving. So stuff was happening on Crossroads, and I had no means to stop it.
1: Oh.
4: Um, <laughs> it's like, what is she doing with that? No, no, no!
1: I need a break. I need a
4: break. Safe word, safe word. Safe you word. Know, just like, but like, it's still being read to me. And 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 we do that with the podcast as well. I mean, we warn people, but uh, yeah, don't listen mm-hmm. to Crossroads when you drive. People um, listen to it when you're yeah, feeling good and at home. Yeah. yeah (laughs) so so tell us about the one that has mothman on it that you were nominated for a a bram stoker award for congratulations thank you shocked the
1: hell out of me and my publisher both not not that he didn't you know believe in the book but um it's a it was almost a little bit more of a lark really uh like we um but i yeah i wrote that one in about three and a half weeks and that's not normal for me wow Um, but uh just, and Max did ask me, he said, so were you doing a lot of cocaine while you wrote this novel? <laughs> I don't do that, but thank you for asking.
4: Pay me more than I will. <laughs> yeah.
1: God, no, I don't need anything else keeping me awake. I need something that's gonna knock my ass out then. That's the drug I want. But yeah, so it's it's my take on the Mouth story. Um, story. It deals with a woman who is, uh, she's recently divorced. She's kind of finding her feet again and her own kind of voice Um, And uh, she is on her way to a horror convention. It's snowy. It's shitty. She's driving through West Virginia. Mm. Uh, She happens across a a really creepy dude in an an almost, in a very near miss accident. Um, And then a truck driver offers to kind of guide her through the mountains of West Virginia because it's snowing. And then he kind of, his truck gets launched off an overpass and she has to decide whether she's going to help him or not. And of course she does, because otherwise it'd be a really short book. Um, <laughs> but uh, she does, and there's then there's sort of a creepy Mothman type fellow uh, who's involved in some other some other creepy stuff, and reality kind of goes sideways. So,
6: so uh, did you always set out to do horror, or is it just something that you have uh, fallen into? Oh,
1: I always set out to it. I I love horror. Um, I actually uh, sort of parted ways with my agent amicably, but because. I, I came to him as a horror writer and, and, um, he read my first book and he loved it and, mm-hmm. and he sold it. But, you know, after a while I would send him these manuscripts, he's like, could you write something that's not horror? And I was like, see, actually no. And so we, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, this is, and I understand there's, there's a feeling and impression that you can't sell horror. Um, but, uh, it's just what, I, it's what I enjoy writing. It's very mm-hmm. much what I enjoy writing. So as much as I love to throw some romance in there when I can, because I'm a huge romance fan, um horror is kind of where my where my heart is
4: fair enough i think horror is a genre though that allows you to do so much within its ill-defined walls yes you will have explored a lot in every woman knows this mm-hmm. um your uh, your collection um um i have it but i haven't read it yet i'm so sorry
1: oh that's okay um, that's really okay so <laughs> I'm bluffing here and I can hear it in my voice that I'm <laughs> bluffing. Um,
4: and then you just you just announced a book, uh, was it yesterday? No, well, at the time of recording, it was yesterday and it was a day, day of the Door?
1: Uh, yes, the Day of the Door, yeah.
4: Day of the, yeah. I assume that is something to do with Shadows at the Door? It's, like, <laughs> all...
1: it's all just a big <laughs> propaganda, fully in support of the podcast. Ah.
4: <laughs> we love doors That's <laughs>
1: all it is, so. It's about two podcasters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> On their way to a convention. Actually, we we did go to Luxembourg a few months ago. We did, yeah, 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 we yeah. did.
6: That's was very much fun.
1: Just, yeah, the, the Day of the Door, the pre-order's up for that. That's for Ghoulish Books. Um, the cover, frankly, scares the hell out of me, and now I have imposter syndrome as to whether or not the story will be as scary as Trevor's drawing. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, that'll be... Hopefully, that'll be fun.
4: And Trevor did the cover for Below as well.
1: He did, yes, yeah. yeah. I got to meet him at Ghoulish this past year. He came all the way from Canada to go to the ghoulish book fair fair. And he is just the nicest guy, just completely mm-hmm. nice. And he is just cause this was a really fun and weird aside, but he, so he designed uh, siren head, siren head. Yeah. Um, and that's very prominent and he doesn't always get credited for it because it sort of took on a life of its own it sort of reminds me a little bit of uh slender man Mm. um just as far as like the way it appears everywhere so i was on a i had to tweet him because i was on a a literal hayride in bowling green kentucky at a child's birthday party at a petting zoo farm wow and we're going by this big tower one of these like phone tower things and this five-year-old across from me goes yo siren head and i was like the fuck i mean (laughs) wow what young man you know and uh but i just thought that was so cool like at first i was like that's gotta be a one-off and he was like yeah yeah siren head and his dad was like oh we're a big siren head family and i'm like trevor (laughs) like there's no reception because i'm on a hayride but anyway so i thought that i just thought it was really cool it's like gotten you know his work has very much gotten into uh the smallest spaces so
4: yeah (laughs) he's a phenomenal artist and and as you know for my Mm -hmm. even my few interactions with him very lovely person as well so yeah,
6: cool. I think bringing it then from uh, phenomenal artists uh, and Laurel's work to phenomenal artists and Laurel's oh, work. Nicely done, uh, I think we should probably. Very nice. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this is why you're paying me the big bucks. Um, so uh, I think we should probably discuss uh, what's uh, the, the the performances. Uh, and there was a policeman at the end that was uh, quite scintillating. Mm. I I thought.
4: <laughs>
1: Sounded gorgeous, too. So. I don't
4: know about the rest of it, but... Yeah, We're yeah. trying to put a nice bow on this story, and uh, our protagonist has been completely traumatized, and then um, this yep. unbelievably yep. Uh, distracting police officer just comes, yeah, it's um, <laughs> very insensitive of, of you to play him so sexy, David, I think. I, I, it, it's... I don't
1: know. I feel like I gave her... The distraction is right, you know? It's like, so this <laughs> so this happened to this one guy. Check out this other guy.
4: Yeah. If you need a man to fix all your problems. <laughs> so I hear you single now. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so Mark, you said that there was a a story behind uh Jake being cast as the lead.
4: Yeah, so initially David, I I like as I was seeing it on, on the script and and I was getting like a look at the first draft, I, I thought and you know I'm always looking for what role can we give to David? Um, mm-hmm. You know where where appropriate, and um, well, I'm not going to cast you. As- how,
6: how how can I phase him even further
4: out of series three? <sighs> oh, <David. laughs> you know you you know at the time of recording, David, I'm still getting people uh, telling me how how horny that scene was with you. Yes, that one. Okay, yes. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, plus, I think you established a lot of goodwill with season one, David, and then it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's anyway. it's leeching yeah. out, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, so um, I, I thought this is going to be good for you. And then as as more drafts started coming in and this guy started getting a bit more sleazy, I thought this isn't, like... You have played sleazy before in in Telltale.
6: Yes, yes, um, true, yes.
4: Yeah, couldn't look you in the eyes for a while after that one. And... My eyes are up here. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say to anyone? <laughs> and... Um... But I don't know. I think because of um, just a few elements, I just I wasn't hearing your voice like mm-hmm. in this character's voice, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 I thought it would have been a, a bad fit. And I had auditioned a few actors uh, for the other lead role, and eventually settled on, on Alana. Um, and then I and I just didn't see the two of you together because I, I don't know about the listeners, but as the um you know as the producer, I, I can't help but see the actors. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I might put Jake in a hat or I put a scarf on David (laughs) or something but you know it's still you. You've got like paper
1: dolls you just redress them all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now kiss!
4: (laughs) 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 I just got little dinosaurs and I put labels on them it helps me Do you know um, earlier today I was was editing a scene in in the finale that has 20 plus people in it and they're all in seats and I've had to write, I've had to draw a diagram of where everyone's sitting How far to the left and right they are, how loud they should be. So sometimes I do have to draw pictures for these things. Wow. Anyway, so uh, I just just wasn't hearing it in you. And unfortunately, I turned to dear Jake Benson, who can and does play scumbags (laughs) quite well. (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I met with Jake about a month ago, and I said, I'm so sorry, Jake, you've just got that voice. (laughs) As we sat having literal tea and scones yes. in a nice little cafe. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, so then and then Jake, I th- I think Jake just is phenomenal, and 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 the script, Laurel's script, gives direction for him to kind of uh, to keep us on our toes by being quite nice one moment, quite smarmy the next. You know, like is it genuine? Is he playing games? I think you know the, the script is there, and then Jake really helps us to keep us on our toes until we get to, um, well, you know, the big. The big climax. So Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I, I still wonder if there's someone who listens to the discussion first and goes to the story. After. In which case they get what they never get, know. You never know. And Alana, of course, who um, I am so sorry, Alana, that I keep making you cry. Most scripts that I give to Alana, <laughs> she ends up crying. Except Tasha Flanagan. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I had a very strange role with, with Bloody Betty to, to cast. And when you have a strange role, you naturally go to Erica Sanderson. I think the phrase is, who you're going to (laughs) call? It's not a franchise I'm enamored with, so it's not... uh, What? Sorry. I don't want to bust ghosts. I want to... Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just think we should leave ghosts alone, damn it. But... um,
1: I mean, that's fair. It's just, you know...
6: I will when they leave us alone. Mm.
1: Plus, it just makes you feel good, you know? Mm. Busting. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking about the song. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, Of course not. There definitely wasn't a scene in the first one where Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blowjob, so I'm certain, 100% certain, that that was not on purpose. Where are you taking this conversation, Marcus?
4: I don't know, but I now need to tell you the trivia about the Ghostbusters song that I like to tell people when this comes up. Oh, Okay. Huey Lewis was originally hired to write the Ghostbusters song and he began to write it and then they realized it, he didn't really like the, I think he didn't like the film or something and he quit and he took the song with him and he retuned it to be uh, his song I Want a New Drug. Who, who sang Ghostbusters? Ray, Ray? Ray Parker Jr. Thank you. Ray Parker Jr. came into Ghostbusters, saw a half-finished song by Huey Lewis and finished it and then they released it. Huey Lewis sued them and, uh, and, and successfully sued them because they had very blatantly used his, his song. But the, um, a, a condition on the settlement was you can never tell anyone. And decades of Huey Lewis being told that he ripped off the Ghostbusters theme with I want a new drug, oh, finally snapped and said <laughs> and told us all the story. And I, th- and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he lost a lot of money at that precise moment, the moment mm-hmm. he said something. But you know yeah. what, if I was Huey Lewis, I'd have done it too. So. Yeah,
1: at a certain point, you're just like, all right, I can't take this shit anymore.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, you're welcome, listeners, for that uh, for a bit of trivia. <laughs> but do listen to the Ghostbusters theme, and then I Want a New Drug, and they're basically the same song.
1: I'm um, going to do that later. Yes,
4: I thank am. you. <laughs> but anyway.
6: But as, as, we, were, as we were mentioning...
1: Erica
4: Sanderson, everybody. Um, yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> Erica Sanderson. E- Erica is a phenomenal actor who can do basically anything. And, mm-hmm. and and I was like, okay, Erica, I need you to play this screaming horrible ghost. Is there a, like, where are my lines? There are no lines, just noises. And <laughs> um, and then like, I was talking to Laura, I was like, Laura, how do you see? How do you a uh, 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 vision envision um, bloody Betty? And you were saying, oh well, no spooky reverb, but she has no footsteps. I was like, "Wow!" So we're really putting the pressure on Erica to make this performance spooky with very little help from me, <laughs> and she sounds horrible in the best way. Yeah, yeah. But then your script says that you can hear her kind of screaming in the background, mm-hmm. and it's it's like akin to a fox bark. So let me play you one now. Yes, and you can tell me if you think. It is a fox a real fox. It's fox or, or no fox. So he, right, listeners, join us for a game of Erica Sanderson
1: <laughs> or a fox. We need a theme song. <laughs> Erica Sanderson or a fox.
6: Okay, okay. So, round 1. <laughs>
2: Ooh.
1: That's very hard to say. I'm going to I'm going to go uh, with I have a lot of faith in Erica. I'm going to say that's Erica. I th- but that's only based on the fact that I've also heard her singing all this other sort of thing. She, she's incredibly talented, so she
6: is. Uh, I think. Okay, just just to be contrary, I'm <laughs> going to say Fox.
4: Our survey says <laughs> Erica. Ah, <laughs> thank
1: God. Yeah.
4: Okay. Oh well. Okay, round two <laughs> is it Fox or Sanderson? <laughs> I'm going with Fox again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, me too, just because I figured just psychologically people mix it up, but.
4: You'd think so, wouldn't you? But it was Erica Sanderson again. No! <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to show that
6: um, Erica is so good that she is even more natural than a natural fox.
4: That's true. Last round, fox or Sanderson?
6: I, I'm going with psychological here. It's a fox. It is definitely a fox.
1: I'm going with Sanderson. I I just, none of this makes any sense anymore. I can't follow Mark's thought patterns and, and they sound exactly the same. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's an actual fox.
1: Oh, yes. That That's surprising, but also just very, yes. As you said, David, very speaking to Erica's skills.
4: And this is the game hmm. where points don't matter. So uh, I'm afraid there are no winners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, uh, Laurel and David, and listeners for Fox or Sadison. Oh, this is a horror podcast. Oh, gotta hop, Eric is listening.
6: <laughs> then uh in in terms of the other artists though uh we should also um make reference to our wonderful musician nico yes for the music and and what what was the uh inspiration behind the music mark
4: well i i thought because this story features a lot of looking back and these these characters are like uh well we we kept it kind of you kept it kind of vague didn't you laurel so but it was like um 40s 30s 40s you were saying i think
1: yeah yeah late 30s early 40s
4: yeah that's a good age to be
1: yeah i like it
4: Hmm. looking back it made me want to go retro in 80s so um in speaking to nico in in one of our direction sessions we we were looking at the it follows soundtrack and i told laurel and and laurel you said that this is a soundtrack you listen to all the time Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah it's a great it's a great horror writing soundtrack it's creepy as hell
4: I love it. Yeah, so it was a, it was a great springboard for us to look at for inspiration when we were kind of like a. Uh, I think what is what is uh, Nico once described the process that he and I use as like a Pinterest board, but music, <laughs> and we'll kind of draw. <laughs> which um you know for the kind of content nico normally does feels very wholesome and that feels very appropriate for nico i think so yeah but um i actually shared some of the music from this episode on the on my patreon early and everyone said that it said that it made their ears tingle oh when they heard it so and um, hopefully we've done some accidental asmr or, nice. uh, or we've been slightly invasive i don't know but uh, yeah but no, phenomenal work from Nico and it just really really helps to um, I was going to say polish off the story but I don't trust myself to say that <laughs> 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 I'll just reuse the phrase it really tied a very nice bow but on, honestly I, I see the music as another character in these productions they, they really bring it out if you heard h- half of these productions before you heard the music they would sound like different stories altogether so
1: yeah. Yeah.
4: I
6: yeah. definitely put the icing on the
4: gigantic cake of blood. <laughs> that uh <laughs> mm. ice yeah. yeah. Could have just said icing instead of like oh. tossing off a production or something. <laughs> I I'd, that was telltale. <laughs> oh I don't even like joking about that one. <laughs> I, I was interviewed recently and said, what episode, like, can't you listen to? And I'm like, it's not for the reason you think. <laughs> and, it's, and it's Telltale. Like, and I, I said, it's like, oh, it feels like someone else made it. <laughs> oh. So, Laura, what's the most disturbing story you've ever written?
1: Oh, God. Crossroads, right?
4: Or is, it worse? is there something worse?
1: <laughs> I mean... I feel like in a lot of ways it's crossroads because there's a lot of body horror in there that's pretty disgusting. I've also done some really god-awful things to people in short stories, though, so it's a little bit hard to say. Mm. That's what short stories mm-hmm. are there
6: for, though. That's that's part of the medium. Short stories are there so that you can have throwaway characters. Yeah, they,
1: they can just die awfully. I'm currently working on a um, a novelette that's part of a three-author series, and, and for some reason, people in my workplace demanded to die in this book, so I've just... Ooh. I've just been killing them all and just sort of trying to one-up because they get jealous if one person gets a better death than they do. And so I'm just going to have to... I don't know what the story's about anymore other than killing my coworkers. So,
6: <laughs> you know, there's a possibility. There's plenty of people that, that think yeah. about it, certainly.
4: <laughs> Laura, if, if we could ever have you back, please kill David because it's a tradition for David to die unless he's Troughton. Okay for now yeah Ooh. well
1: i actually especially now since i've been listening to it to to the episodes now though i didn't want to listen before i wrote my um story because i wanted to you know try to get my own voice in there but now that i've mm. listened to it a lot and heard heard david a lot you know you had mentioned you were like yeah we we would like to make sure we get a good role for david in here and i failed miserably at that this time um i did, did have the linchpin <laughs> at the ending um but yeah there's a there's another one that i'm kind of thinking about that i think would have a good role for you not not that i'm nudging to you know get back on or anything but you know but uh but yeah and doors
4: open as far as i'm concerned
1: I'll, I'll i'll kill you if that's what you would like
4: <laughs> that's what i think that's what mark would like it just <laughs> feels right david it just feels right but you know who, mm-hmm, who knows what the rest see. of the, the i i there are a lot of surprises coming up in the rest of the season so uh interesting things will be happening to you from you um yeah. At you, at you, in you, yeah. every preposition that you want. <laughs> yes. and, 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 but you know, obviously, you know. So, if you're listening to Shadows, you know that um, we have our influences very much on our on our sleeve. But what are your what? Who are your influences? Like what? What? Which writers have inspired you to write? Which one, writers are you excited to read stuff from now? Mm.
1: Um, so, I mean. Shirley Jackson, mm. honestly, in in large part, kind of started it for me because uh, the haunting of Hill House, you know, has like one of the only jump scares I'd ever read in a in a in a book, um, which is the you know the whose hand was I holding uh, mm-hmm. line with Theo, um, which I love, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to do that. But a lot of um, the people that I don't know that I try to it's more just that I'm very excited by what they do. And so I'm kind of influenced, you know, like you said earlier, horror is, is capable of so much. And, and I think so much more than most people realize before they start delving into it, myself included. Um, so a lot of sort of my contemporary, like, wow, you know, I, I want to be able to accomplish similar things. Stephen Graham Jones, Mm. um, is just, he's so talented and he's so just, um, he can, he can just go anywhere, do anything, uh, you know, he wrote an entire book in second person and it, it just worked beautifully. And second person is really, really hard. I've done a couple yeah. short stories like that and I feel like they've gone okay, but I was like, it's an entire fucking book. And it, it was amazing. Um, everything he writes is incredible. I love Stephen Graham Jones. And then Haley Piper uh-huh. is, um, she's, you know, I just, I love her work. Um, I love uh, that, I, you know, her ears are burning right now because we used to joke that like, every podcast i was ever on i would ask like oh Haley piper and at one point i was texting with a buddy of mine who has a podcast and he was and i was uh he was like oh i've got hayley on right now i'm getting ready to talk to her i was like oh my god yes i love her stuff and later she was like so you were like sneaking into my podcast not even there and i was like yes it's what i do <laughs> but yeah her her work is just really great it's very eclectic and and um and, and she can just go everywhere and she has this amazing ability to sort of just, I don't know, like take you somewhere you've never been before, but start you on a road that you're familiar enough with that you'll take her hand and follow. And uh, I think that's really, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. It's really impressive.
4: Yeah. And Amy's just really just fucking nice. Right? From yeah. what, I don't know her that, <laughs> I don't really know her that well personally, but from what I can see on, on Twitter, you know, so yeah, there are just some people like, oh, like I really just like their energy or. Yeah
6: yeah uh it is probably about time that we uh say thank you ever so much to you laurel hightower for uh both giving us this story and uh, uh deigning to come on our, our little podcast here and and talking to the uh heightened seasoned <laughs> I, I professionals David that we that are you're a big
2: deal
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> well i'm very sorry for the disappointment but i would like to add <laughs> on to the very end here and this is i i'm there's possibly been, it's going to sound arrogant saying this i don't know but um When I was listening to it, uh, when I was listening to the, you know, the full mix down, like I completely lost track of, I stopped listening to it in terms of like what I had written and was just got lost so completely in the story of it that you all had created around it that I found myself like, God damn, that's good. And I was like, Oh God, I wrote it. Shut up high tower. (laughs) But, but I mean, what, you know, what, my, my intent there is to express that I really was just blown away by and very excited by what you all did with the production. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And that's the first time I've ever, you know, I've heard my, my work narrated before, but I've never heard it um, acted in that fashion. It's just a, an amazing experience. So I'm I'm really excited for, for people to get to hear it. Thank you both very much. Thank
4: you. I think we're all a great team.
1: Agreed.
6: Well, once again, thank you ever so much for uh, for writing for us and for coming on. And uh, Mark, can you give us a, a little glimpse into what we can expect next month? No. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mark, next month I understand that uh, you are back in the writing seat.
4: Kind of. To some extent. I'm either fully on the seat or I have one cheek on the seat and I'm sharing it with someone else, so we'll... we'll... I'd I'd call that firmly back in the seat. (laughs) But what I can guarantee you, David, is that this is Shadows of the Door and it's season goddamn three. It's all good all the time, so it's going to be good shit. And if people want to help keep the lights on, in my case, quite literally, please do consider joining my Patreon. Uh, links and all of the social media supporting us on Ko-fi helps uh, helps production directly, and sharing the show. If you're not able to help in that sense, is is an absolutely massive help. Thank you to everyone who listens and shares and, and donates and everything. Thank you so much.
6: But there we go. So um, look out for us next month. And from all of us here, we shall see you very soon. You've been listening to a Shadows of the Door production. Lindsay May was played by Alana Charnell. Gavin Masters was played by Jake Benson. Bloody Betty was played by Erica Sanderson. Val was played by Werner and the police officer was played by David Alt. Wrong Track was written by Laurel Hightower. Produced with sound design, editing, and direction by Mark Nixon. The original score was written and performed by Nico Vitesse. Production copyright held by Shadows of the Door Productions, the rights to the story remain with the author. Join us next month for another pleasing terror.
4: It's wrong.
1: It is. Was that your southern accent? No. No? Okay. It sounded a little Scarlett O'Hara. Sorry, you're trying to tie up. David has been gone. He has to get up early and we're just going off on this tangent. I'm really sorry. So what accents can we all do? I I do
4: declare. Where will I go?
2: What will I do? (laughs)